What's good, everybody? Welcome to the Florida State League Radio. Now we're going to go through here today our newest series. This is Good Morning Baseball. That is right. This is a morning series. We're going to do this weekly. We're going to have talk about all the games that happen, usually the day before, all the games that happen. We're also going to talk about some news that happen, you know, whether it's past, present, etc., etc. We're going to talk about other things, opinions, all that good jazz. We're going to be like first take mixed with Good Morning America. It's going to be great, okay? Good Morning Baseball here on the Florida State League Radio Network with always your host, Dylan. Yours truly, Dylan. I'm just kidding. Uh, it, well, you guys can say. I, I could be yours truly. Um, regardless, get your coffee ready. Get your breakfast ready. Get your score sheets ready and start drinking that coffee because you're going to need it. We got a lot to cover here. Let's go and get right into it. So here we go. Our first part of the Good Morning Baseball is I would like to introduce myself in the first episode. Uh, As you guys already know, I'm Dylan. I'm always going to be your host. Well, until somebody takes me apart. (laughs) Until then, I'm your host um, of the Florida State League Radio Network, the unofficial official podcast of the Florida State League. Um, Before we begin, though, we would like to give a shout-out to our sponsor, Officials Depot, are you trying to, <clears throat> Are you? do you need new officials or refereeing gear, or are you trying to look for officials and refereeing gear because you don't have any? Well, go check out officialsdepot.com. You can also go check them out on Instagram, on Officials Depot's Instagram, and now they have rewards. It's called plate points you can earn as well. Go check them out. And use our discount code FSL Network, all in caps, and you could save 15% off at checkout at Officials Depot. Officials Depot, if you need to find your refereeing and your officiating gear, go to officialsdepot.com. Guys, go check them out. They're a great company. They have lots of good stuff there. Anyways, back to what we were doing. Let's go through all of the games that happened yesterday, June 27th. Today is June 28th, Friday of 2019. Let's get right into it. First off, let's look at the Clearwater Threshers. They took on the Lakeland Flying Tigers out in Publix Field in Joker Marchant Stadium. The Threshers were able to get the job done on Thursday. They won by a score of 2-1. to one. Clearwater had two runs, eight hits, and no errors. And the Lakeland Flying Tigers had one run, eight hits, and no errors. Actually, it was 0-0. Zero, zero throughout the entire game, up till the 11th inning. So no runs were scored. It was a pitching duel the entire game. So quite interesting there. Uh, next game we're going to look at is Dunedin and St. Lucie. For Dunedin, they lost by a score of 0-3 at first data field to the St. Lucie Mets. Uh, for the Dunedin Blue Jays, they had no runs, three hits, and no errors. And for St. Lucie, they had three runs, nine hits, and no errors. So that was your uh, score sheet there. Palm Beach in Florida, they played at <clears throat> Osceola County Field. The Fire Frogs won by a score of 5-2. to two. For the Palm Beach Cardinals, though, the losing team, they had two runs, five hits, and no errors. And Florida somehow was able to find a way to win. They had five runs, 12 hits, and they had three errors. So even with three errors, they were still able to find a way to win that ball game. Bradenton and Jupiter, they played yesterday. Jupiter won by a score of 2-1. to one. Uh, But Bradenton, they had one run, three hits, and no errors. And Jupiter had two runs, seven hits, and one error. So 
interesting score sheet. They're going to look at Tampa and Daytona. Tampa was able to beat the Daytona Tortugas uh, by the score of 7-2. to Tampa had seven runs, 14 hits, and two errors. So even with the errors, they were still able to find a way to get the job done. And the Daytona Tortugas only had two runs in the first inning. And other than that, it was all Tampa from then on out uh, as the Tampa Tarpons scored Five runs from the second up till the ninth inning. Three in the second. They went. They didn't. They were went scoreless from the third to the sixth inning, and then the seventh through ninth, they at least scored one run in each of those innings. As the Daytona Tortugas only scored two runs in the first, and they never scored again in the rest of the ball game. For Daytona, they had two runs, seven hits, and no errors in that game, getting the loss at Jackie Robinson ballpark charlotte and fort myers they played yesterday charlotte was able to get the job done two to one charlotte had two runs six hits and no errors fort myers had one run five hits and two errors so definitely the errors do come into play as always so tampa and daytona as i said or charlotte as i just said there sorry excuse me charlotte won by a score of two to one gonna look at some Older news that uh, happened not too long ago, but this past Saturday, uh, the Clearwater Threshers took on the Daytona Tortugas. And the Daytona Tortugas on Saturday, June 22nd, 2019, got no hit. It's the second no-hitter of the year in the Florida State League. The first with the Threshers, obviously. Um, The Daytona Tortugas... Uh, obviously a real a pretty good team, so pretty big deal that Clearwater was able to no-hit them, but their pitching staff has looked good, and it was by a brand-new pitcher by the name of, <clears throat> excuse me, Kyle Glogoski is his name. He's 20 years old from Auckland, New Zealand. He was able to pitch a no-hitter in that game. We'll go through some of his statistics um, in that game. He had five innings of work, no hits, no runs, no earned runs, obviously. He had two walks in the game and had five strikeouts in his first um, start in the Florida State League in which the Clearwater Threshers. Um, Tyler Carr also made a... An appearance in that game as well, so it was a combined no-hitter. It wasn't just Glogoski pitching. So Tyler Carr made an appearance. Uh, he had three innings of work, obviously no hits, obviously no runs, and obviously no earned runs. He had one walk he allowed and four strikeouts. And then obviously in the final inning, Kelly and Kalen Kilgore, he had one inning of work and he had one strikeout, and he was able to get the uh, he was able to get it done and get the no-hitter done. So congratulations, Clearwater Threshers. We're going to look at the Clearwater Threshers and how they did. They had five runs, 14 hits, and no one error. So wasn't a perfect game, almost so. If they wouldn't have gotten that error, it would have been a perfect game, which would have been incredible. But uh, it is the second no-hitter of the year. Obviously, uh, Giselle De La Cruz, who we've actually got on the podcast, um, was able to pitch a no-hitter um, back in May, so this is the second one in about a month and a half of play, so in about a month and a half of playing, so pretty interesting, but uh, congratulations to Kyle Glogowski on getting his first ever no-hitter, I mean, that's how you make a debut, guys, and um, speaking of debut, who wants to talk about Mr., I mean, Wander Franco, I mean, who wants to talk about this kid? So let's talk about him. 
Let's bring a bit up about this kid. He is killing it for the Charlotte Stone Crabs. Um, obviously, we'll look at some of his statistics <clears throat> with the Bowling Green Hot Rods as he just got brought up this week. Guys, he's only 18, and he's already in advanced A-ball. I mean, he's almost to double-A, and he's not even... It's incredible. He is, he's got a lot of um, relationships. He's a son of Wander Franco. He's a brother of Wander Franco. I'm not sure. Okay, I guess there's other Wander Francos. I d did not know this. Um, so, And he's also the brother of another Wander Franco. So he's got three brothers, and they're all named Wander Franco. That's interesting. Um yeah, all three brothers are named Wander Franco. Okay, so that's interesting. Um, his bro We'll look at some of his brothers. We'll tell you a bit about their brother, his brother. His One of his brothers played for the Augusta Green Jackets, um, which I believe they are a... I'm trying to figure out what team they're in. Uh, they are a Giants, a part of the Giants organization. And it's kind of funny because I believe his other brother... Uh, his other brother, Wander Franco. Yeah, his other brother, Wander Franco. Or maybe there's... No, no the, the different brothers. The, his other brother, Wander Franco, also got released from the San Francisco Giants as well. So they both are Giants. Um, both played for the Giants. Um, kind of interesting, actually. Uh, so Wander Franco and Wander Franco played in the same... Um, in the same, uh, what is it called, organization. They both play for the Giants. Kind of funny. Uh, but this Wander Franco, the one that plays for the Rays, obviously pretty big. But he, he's got some relationships, though. He's a nephew of Willie Ibar and Eric Ibar. Obviously, you probably should know. Probably shouldn't. Some of you guys should know who those guys are. Eric Ibar, obviously, um, pretty good player. Eric Ibar currently in the Mexican League, actually. He is with the... Eseros del Norte, which I've never heard of them. They're in the Mexican AAA Mexican League. So apparently he's still playing, but I don't think they're affiliated with a major league team. I'm not too sure how that works. Um, you tell me. And then also Willie Ibar, who I believe is retired. No, he's actually still playing. I guess Willie Ibar is in the Mexican League too, uh, or maybe not. No, he he's retired. I'm sorry. Um, he is retired. Um, Willie Ibar, though, he uh, is the brother with Eric Ibar. But apparently, he's a Wander Franco, who's in the Rays, is nephews with Eric and Willie Ibar, who are two pretty good players. Uh, Eric, a bit better than Willie. But regardless, looking at some of, some of um, his statistics, we'll begin with his first year with Princeton, and that's in the Appalachian League. He had 61 games, 242 at-bats, 46 runs, and 85 hits. He had 142 total bases, 10 doubles, and 7 triples. He had 11 home runs in the Appalachian League, 57 RBIs, 27 walks. He got 19 strike. He got struck out 19 times, which isn't too bad, actually, for a full season. Or for, like, half a season, I guess you would say. He had four stolen bases. <clears throat> He has a 351 average, which is pretty incredible. He had a 418 OBP, a 587 excuse me, slugging percentage. He had over a 1 in his OPS, which is in outrageous. That's incredible. 
Um, and I will look at some of his Bowling Green stats in 62 games, so pr- almost the amount, of, same amount as Princeton. He had 233 at bats, so in less at bats than he had in Princeton. 42 runs, 74 hits, 118 total bases, 16 doubles, five triples, six home runs, 29 RBIs, 30 walks. He was struck out 20 times, so about the same as um about the same as la- the season before with Princeton. He stole the base 14, so he went up 10 in uh, stolen bases. He had 10 extra stolen bases in Bowling Green than last year. He had a 3 he had a 318 average, a 390 OBP, a 506 slugging percentage, and an 896 OPS. So really did an incredible job. And even in you know in Bowling Green, I mean, he got that stolen base numbers up. He really you know his RBIs were low and his walks. He got walked a bit more, which isn't too bad. I'll take a walk any day. Um, I mean, I know it's not the best. He went up six more doubles. Uh, he didn't have many total bases, but regardless, he had a pretty good, um, you know, he got he earned it to get to the Florida State League. And now looking at how he's doing so far in Charlotte, in only three games, he's had 12 at-bats, one run, <clears throat> seven hits, 11 total bases, one double, no triples, a home run already for him, four RBIs, one walk. He's got one stolen base. He's got a 583 average. Um, obviously, you know, obviously that, you know, will be, you know, that will change, obviously. A 615 OBP, a 917 slugging percentage, and a one f- oh, over a 1 in his OPS. It's a 1.5 OPS. Um, so, obviously, that will change. But looking at his season as a total, He's had 65 games, 245 at-bats, 43 runs, 81 hits, 129 total bases, 17 doubles, 5 triples, all 5 coming in um, Bowling Green, 6 home runs, 33 RBIs, 31 walks. Um, He's had 20 strikeouts total, obviously all of them coming in Bowling Green, so he's yet to strike out. He's got 15 stolen bases. He's got a 331 combined average, which is pretty good. A 400 OB, OBP, a 527 slugging percentage, a 927 OPS. So really doing incredible job. Uh, and as a whole, he's got 126 games under his belt as a player in the minors. 487 at-bats, 89 runs, 166 hits, 271 total bases, 27 doubles, 12 triples, 18 home runs, 90 RBIs, 58 walks, uh, 39 strikeouts, which is not too bad at all, Um, 19 stolen bases. He's got a 341 average combined throughout all of his seasons, a 409 OBP, which is almost, is only .009 away from his 2018 total, which is his best so far. I mean, if we're not going to count two his Charlotte numbers just yet. He's got a 409 OBP, or I just said that. Um, he's got a 556 slugging percentage and 965 OPS. So he is killing it right now for this team. I mean, this is a scary, scary kid who's going to be really, really good for this roster. So watch out for Wander Franco, he's going to be something else for this Rays team. And guys, he's only 18 years old. 
I mean, he is really, really young. He was born on March 1st, 2001. So, you know, I mean, he is young. He, 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 for, he's like high school years. Like, this is a guy who just graduated high school if we were talking about this guy. So this is, he's young. He is really young, and he's already almost to the majors. He's, uh, he's only got two more steps. He's got to go double A and triple A, and he's up in the majors. So it's quite incredible. Watch out for this kid. He's going to be a really, really special talent. We're going to look at some of his splits, though, before we, um, go um we're gonna look at his regular season statistics um versus left-handed batters uh, well you know actually i don't know maybe they don't count okay so maybe they don't count that but um yeah i don't think they count his numbers against oh maybe they do do they no i don't think they do i don't think they count his numbers for the Bowling Green. So we're not going to look at that, actually. But uh, anyways, Wander Franco, I would go check him out. If you can ever get to a Charlotte Stone Crabs game, go check him out. He is something special to watch. Obviously, the Charlotte Stone Crabs are part of the Rays organization. He was with Bowling Green this past week. Now he's with the... Um, now he's with the Charlotte Stone Crabs. He just got brought up, I believe, a week ago. So... Um, and also another guy got brought up from the um, Charlotte Stone Crabs, obviously probably to um, Franco replace this guy, so he got brought up, is Vidal Brujan got brought up to the Biscuits. So it'll be interesting to see how he does for the Montgomery Biscuits. Uh, obviously had a great, great season, um, and obviously he was an all-star as well. So looking at some of the games for Friday, we'll get you into some of those Um on Friday today, so Friday, June 28th, we'll get you into some of those today. Looking at some of the games today, we'll look at the previews for them and uh, get you some of the pitching pitching matchups. On the mound for the, um, <clears throat> for the Fire Frogs will be Nolan Kingham for the Fire Frogs. Um, obviously, he's the brother of Nick Kingham, who's in the Pirates organization. Um, but he will be on the mound tomorrow for the Fire Frogs. Um, and on the mound for the Tarpons will be Sean Semple, right-handed pitcher, 1-1, one one, a 2.66 ERA, and 31 Ks this season. Um, so that will be a man who will be on the mound for the... <clears throat> For the Tarpons, and Kingham will be on the mound for the Fire Frogs, so he doesn't have any um, statistics on his, so I can't really give you any information on him. On the mound for the Hammerheads, they don't have anybody. They'll be playing the Fly Flying Tigers at Joker Marchant Stadium tomorrow. For the Jupiter Hammerheads, they don't have anybody on the mound yet, but for the Fire Frogs, they do. They have Elvin Rodriguez, a right-handed pitcher, um, number 31 on the team. He's 6-3 and three on the year with a 361 ERA and 60 Ks on the season. So definitely having a pretty good year for the Flying Tigers. Charlotte and Palm Beach, they play tomorrow. They play at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time at Roger Dean Chevrolet Stadium. The Stone Crabs don't have anybody yet on the mountain, and neither the Palm Beach Cardinals, so not much to talk about there. The Threshers and the St. Lucie Mets, the Threshers on the mountain tomorrow will have Ethan Avanco, 4-2 and a 174 ERA with 40K, so having a pretty, pretty good 
season this year. And the St. Lucie Mets have yet to announce their player. That game will be played at first out of field at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Looking at the rest of the games on the schedule, and this is really the final game on the schedule, the Dunedin Blue Jays will be making their trip to Daytona at Jackie Robinson Ballpark. The Dunedin Blue Jays will have on the mound Nick Algeyer. He's 5-3 on the year. The left-handed pitcher is got a 2.63 ERA and 69 Ks as well on the season as he has been really killing it for the Blue Jays. Well, and when Dolan Batista, I hope I said that right, the right-handed pitcher, he's 0-2 on the year, but don't be fooled by the record. He's got a 296 ERA and a 27K, so it's going to be a pretty good pitching matchup in Daytona between Batista and Algar. Again, that game will begin at 7.05 p.m. Eastern Time, as is all Tortugas games beginning at 7.05 p.m. Eastern Time. And I don't know why. I guess it's just Daytona. I think it's because of the sunset, but whatever. Um... But anyways, I believe that is all we're going to talk about today. A few things, though, I would like to mention here on today's podcast. Um, number one, I'm going to be doing something really, really cool um, here coming up. I think it's going to be another tournament we're going to host. Uh, that mascot tournament got pretty big, so I think we're going to have another tournament on the podcast. So stay tuned uh, for that. And another thing is next week, from Sunday up till next Sunday... I will be <clears throat> traveling. I will be out of the studio for a bit. I will be on vacation. So, so here is what's going to happen. I will be posting episodes next week during my vacation, but they will be pre-recorded episodes. So if anything changes, do not you know, judge me or anything. I just will be on vacation, and, you know, this this is all I can really do for you right now. I'm hoping some of them will be interviews. I got to get some interviews out. I got some guys I got to get done and have some out. So expect some interviews possibly during that little break that I'm going to be on, but I will be on a break. I will do a 4th of July one. We'll make, like, a prediction show. I don't know. We'll figure it out. But I'll do a 4th of July one definitely. Um for the podcast and I'll be posting it but I will be posting stuff it's just it won't be it everything won't be like recorded uh, minutes before it actually gets posted like I'm doing right now so um so anyways thank you for joining us here on good morning baseball I hope you finish your coffee 20 minutes is pretty long so I think you might have missed finish your coffee hope you took down all your notes hopefully you're ready for these weekend's games as we're heading into july 4th but before we can i'm sorry before i forgot to mention let's look at the quick we'll take a look at the standings real quick forgot to mention that so keep your scorecards out real quick we'll tell you the standings on how everything's going in the second half of the season as we're going to tell you guys who is leading in each division. Uh, Not many games have gone on yet already, but we'll tell you guys all the standings. So in first place in the North, and I'll tell you if they're surprised or not, is the Clearwater Threshers. They are 7-3 on the year. Um, Not surprising. I thought Clearwater was going to do well this second half. So obviously they ended out really, really hot uh, in the first half. So they are playing really, really good in the second half. Um. In second place is the defending first half champions, Dunedin Blue Jays. They are five and four. They're half and a, one and a half games back from the Threshers. 
Um, you know, it doesn't surprise me either. They had a pretty good first half, so it doesn't surprise me either. Uh, the Tortugas, they are 5-5. Five and five. Uh, kind of surprises me. I thought they would have been a lot better. I mean, this, they're not, I mean, this division isn't too great anyways, but Daytona, they're two games back away from Clearwater. Tampa, they're four and five. They're two and a half games. I thought they would be a bit higher, maybe third, um, but it's okay. Florida, they're three and seven. They're four games back. That doesn't surprise me at all. Florida's just been a, known to be a terrible team in the Florida State League. No offense, Florida, uh, you know, they're a fun team to watch, but... Yeah, they're they're in a mess right now. They're moving stadiums. Uh, they're in such a mess. We don't even know what the Fire Frogs are going to be doing next year in the Florida State League. We don't even know if they'll be a team next year, which I'm hoping they'll be a team because I love their logo and I need to buy half of them. Um, Lakeland Flying Tigers, they're in six. They're also three and seven. They're four games back in the north. So, you know, teams that surprised me, I guess, in the north, I would say is Clearwater. Not really Clearwater, I'm kidding. Dunedin doesn't really surprise me. Daytona kind of surprised me a bit, but, I mean, the division's not too great anyway, so, I mean, doesn't really surprise me, I guess. Tampa, eh, maybe. Uh, Florida doesn't really surprise me. And Lakeland, so really nobody really surprised me. Daytona and Tampa maybe a bit surprised me. In the South, I do have some surprises, actually. The St. Lucie Mets are 8-2. and two. I didn't think the Mets were going to be that great in the second half um just a, looking at how they were in the first half they really weren't too great but they're playing really good baseball right now they're eight and two i know it's still early but they're playing really really good baseball uh the stone crabs they're seven and three they're a game up i thought they were going to be a dark horse and i do think they're going to be they could actually win the south i think they have one of the better teams in the south right now um jupiter they're in third they're six and three they're a half i told you again I think they're going to be a dark horse, too. I think they might be a sleeper team because of all their prospects. I think they'll find someone to click. Bradenton, they're 4-6. and six. They're four games back already. Palm Beach, they're 3-6. and six. They're four and a half games back. And Fort Myers, they are just dropping. They are 3-7. and seven. They're tied for the worst team in the league. That kind of surprised me a bit. They are five games back, even though they did lose the they did win the first half so they don't really need to do great in the second half but it's definitely nice to have that momentum heading into the second into the second half you know have momentum in the second half and then go to the playoffs with that momentum so you can try and win the playoffs uh games that you need to win um but out of the south surprises definitely the mets um I'm trying to think. Bradenton was, I would say, is a surprise. I would have thought they would have been a lot better. Um, and Fort Myers, I can, I could see why people would say maybe not a surprise because of them winning the first half. But I'm gonna say that is a surprise. I think they should be a lot better. But anyways, that is it. Hopefully, you guys have finished your coffee by now. At this point, I missed something out. I had to do the standings, so I'm sorry. But uh, thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for always supporting. And it's always nice having you guys on. This is Good Morning Baseball. Peace out. Enjoy the rest of your coffee if you're still finishing it. And uh, hopefully, you got all your notes and all your stats done because that is from Good Morning Baseball. Thank you guys for listening to the Florida Daily Radio Network. Thank you guys for listening to our new mini series, the Good Morning Baseball mini series. Thank you guys for listening. Peace out. See you guys in our next episode.